What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 21 of True North Talk with your favorite hosts, Peter Burnett and Joseph Staten. And today we're going to be talking about Daniel 6 and kind of building upon last week's episode um, about being prepared for the furnace. And I would highly suggest you go listen to last week if you didn't. It was one of my favorite episodes this season. Um, really inspiring, and I just really felt the Holy Spirit moving that episode. Um, but this week we got something really good in store too. So Daniel 6, and we're going to be talking about the importance of having a concrete identity prior to uh, transversing or traversing, I guess you could say, through it any adversity in, in life, any hardship. It's just so critical to have your identity locked down. So Peter um, kind of had a little bit of a, a plan. I think he studied this in church this week. So Peter, I'm just going to hand it over to you. And uh, if you want to brief the audience on uh, what we're going to be talking about today before we read the scripture. Yeah. So just a little bit of background on this topic and where it came from. Like Joe said, it was talked about in it was talked about in church this morning, Sunday morning. And it, it's kind of been a, I think it was a three week series. It was among lions and, and the pastor uh, kind of made, kind of made a joke about this. You know, it was planned a while out before the Super Bowl and it was planned out to start the week of the Super Bowl. And so during NFC conference championship week, when the lions had a chance to, to make it to the Super Bowl, sorry to open up a, a wound here, Joe, but he was talking about, and funny enough, actually, this pastor is a Michigan and I believe Lions fan as well. Um, so that's just kind of an interesting connecting that connection there and hoping hoping to have him. His name's Ryan, hoping to have him maybe sometime on the podcast. But um, he was talking about uh, how it was kind of planned out well in advance of the Super Bowl before the Lions even looked like they could make a trip to the Super Bowl, that they'd be starting a series called Among Lions. Um, and so just, that, again, that's kind of a little bit of a, kind of a funny backstory with that. Um, it kind of ended up working out and also not working out because obviously, again, sorry, Joe and any other, you know, the Detroit Lions fans out there. But the Lions obviously were not in the Super Bowl, but it's still it's been a good series to go through. Um, I think the first week we talked about in church kind of the um, temptation that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego faced when coming into Babylon being tempted with the food and practices and attitudes of the other kind of like royal trainees basically and how they chose instead to eat vegetables and to live and honor the lord and then obviously again last week was about being ready for the furnace when shadrach meshach and abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace um you know they they were face down with kind of a an ultimatum basically you know bow, bow down to this statue that nebuchadnezzar had created or you will be thrown in the fire, fiery furnace. And obviously they stood up for what they believed in and they trusted in God. And so in this story, we move forward, I think something like 60, 70 years maybe from that first story. And now Daniel is the one who's going to be tested. And um, so just kind of, again, background on this whole series that we went over in church was really being among lions, being around, you know, tests and challenges and adversity in life and leaning on and depending on God to get us through those and, and building and maintaining a foundation to get us through. So unless you had anything to add to that, Joe, I can kind of introduce chapter six. I think we're going to be really picking up in verse 10, I think around then I'll kind of provide some background of the first nine verses. But um, if you had something that you maybe wanted to add kind of thoughts on this topic as a whole 
or what what kind of your your thoughts are going into this episode? Well, <clears throat> I think it's well, I I'm ready to get into the scripture, um, but you know, having gone through some hardship in my life, and I I'm definitely not saying oh I've been through crazy things, but definitely seen some things. And just, I've learned the hard way about not having a solid identity in Christ prior to going through hardship. And so I just think this episode is going to be really, really good for our listeners and for both of us to, to go through. But yeah, I'm ready to yeah. get into it. I got I, one quick question, you know, because you mentioned that identity um, and sometimes going through that. What do you think are some of the identities or the things that, that people from a, a worldly perspective, put their identity in? What do you think? You know, maybe for people who are wondering, is my identity in God or am I letting the things of the world uh, make up my identity? What would you say are kind of some of the symptoms of putting our identity in something other than other than God? I think a big one is relationships. And I, I think also a big one is money. Um, mm. I work in a, in a environment where I'm around people that, you know, their identity is in their money sometimes. And just had a conversation at work the, the other day, actually, with a, a coworker of mine about uh, this very topic of, you know, when we pass away, if you have a, a mountain of wealth, if you're Bill Gates, if you're Elon Musk, none of it matters. As soon as you cross over that line into death and into the spiritual realm, nothing on this earth matters about you know, n- nothing about how much money you made matters. Uh, the amount of wealth you've acquired, the amount of cars you own, all goes out the door. At that point, all that all that matters is whether or not you have faith in Jesus. And so people get their identity wrapped up in money. They get it I- wrapped up in status and, you know, social standing. And um, a big one is relationships. And I think one of the most dangerous ways... Uh, or one of the most dangerous areas to have your identity in is a relationship because, um, you know, if you're, if you're not in a God honoring relationship with a, a good partner and that relationship does not work, um, your identity is going to be shattered and you are going to really go through extreme adversity and challenge and hardship. And that's what I went through. I mean, I, I've always been a believer in my life, but when we can get into this later, maybe, but, you know, I had not grown into my faith, and my identity became largely dependent upon another person and how they viewed me and how they were, you know, re- reflecting affection and how much they were loving me. And, and you know, when something like that doesn't work, it's dangerous territory. So whether it's a relationship or money or, or whatever, your identity has to be on point before you go into any of that. Because one thing we know for sure in this life is that all good things do eventually come to an end. And whether that's at, at death's door, you know, or or before death, things come and go in life. People, money, everything. And it's important that transcending all of those circumstances and, and things, that your identity is in place and in the right place. Amen. Yeah, and what you were talking about on relationships um, kind of was, was what I was thinking about when you mentioned that, um, that, that yeah, a lot of times... I think it kind of ties in two of the things that you that you mentioned about identity, both relationships and social status. I think a lot of people, especially young people, put so much value in relationships and 
being in a relationship just so that you have that status symbol in like, oh, I, I have a girlfriend or I have a boyfriend um, and kind of putting all your identity in that. And like you said, um, putting your identity like that that person defines who you are. Ultimately, you know, Joseph is is already married and I will be married in within a month's it's, time. It's still weird hearing that, by the way. I know. <laughs> so it, it is it is for me, too. Yeah. And I'm not even I'm not even married yet. But yeah. Takes yeah. takes some getting used to, doesn't it? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, but but on that point, you know, as amazing as both of these these women are for us, they do not define who we are. Just like right. we do not define who they are, we each have our own identity. And I think, you know, because of the way that we were raised and the steps that we've taken and the just way that God has guided our path, I think you know we not always perfectly. By no means, but I think we all are grounded that our identity comes from Christ. You know, it is not is not my identity is not in in my fiance. Your identity is not in your wife. Your wife's identity is not in you, and my fiance's identity is not in me. But we do still, you know, we give ourselves over to that person in the sense of you know becoming one flesh, but we don't give over who we are. You know, and th- there are some yeah. things that you have to that you do have to be willing to sacrifice in a sense, but you don't give up your identity as long as your identity is rooted in Christ. Because if anything, kind of you find that unity, and I think both of us have with the spouses that God has blessed us with, is uniting our identity in Christ together, and then that makes us even stronger as a unit together, becoming one flesh. And and that's something that we could probably spend a whole another episode on identity in relationships specifically but i did kind of want to highlight that and touch on that because i do think people a lot of times can just pursue having a relationship regardless of of how that other person is the effects that they have on you how they influence you all of that sort of thing and you just put it like oh i just want to be able to have this status symbol that i can put i can put in my instagram bio or i can post on my page hey this is my girlfriend or or if you're a girl listening this is my boyfriend you know and it's it's almost can be this attitude of like i don't really care you know over overlooking sort of things that that obviously um we can we could work through but i think that's you know so important to kind of emphasize as, as well as that our identity is not in the person that we are with, but our identity is in Christ. And and we'll kind of get into, you know, identity and, and how Daniel kind of battled battled that here. Or really not even so much how he battled, but how he remained firm in his identity. Yeah. I just want to touch on that real quick before we move on to and, and explain mm-hmm. why that's important in the in the context of relationships. Because, you know, that experience that I shared briefly, um actually in that same exact the same exact person that I was involved with in that relationship I referenced the first time around, I really was devastated when it didn't work out. And, you know, it forced me to join my church and it forced me to look inward and to, to work on my relationship with God and get myself to a place where I was, uh, you know, solid on my own before I got into another relationship. And that the same exact person, actually, we ended up coming back together almost in a way. And the second time when it didn't work out, because it didn't work out ultimately, mm-hmm. I was in a much better place to deal with those emotions, and I was in a much healthier place, and I, and I converted those emotions and that you know, pain in the, in, the, in the moment into something really good. And 
the importance of, of of having your relationship with God on point and having your identity in place is that, you know, in the in the example that Peter shared of both of our our spouses and Peter's soon to be spouse, um, the beauty of it is that while I believe with all my heart and Peter believes with all his heart that his wife is, you know, will be faithful and will be a great wife. You know, God forbid if, if, if something ever happened and they did not hold up their marriage commitment or whatever, the beauty is that, and that's not going to happen, but the beauty is in the crazy scenario that that did happen. If you have your identity in the right place, you're able to, to, to adapt and move forward and you can move forward in life and you, and your world does not, you know, collapse and you have nowhere to go. Like, obviously you're going to experience emotions, but God gives us the peace and freedom to live um, in peace, regardless of the circumstance. Job lived in peace with what just about everybody would consider to be a hellish circumstance. Um, everything taken away. Everything. Right. Jesus lived in in peace. I mean, the, the very last moment when he was being crucified, obviously, was extremely painful, but he was still internally at peace, you know? Yep. Christians have inner peace in the very worst circumstances, um, and that only comes when your identity is in the right place. But if you don't have mm-hmm. that intact, a relationship or money or the weather or whatever can swing you all over the place. In fact, there's a Bible verse about that, being blown with the wind. Uh, a, a person of double-mindedness is blown around like, like a ship in the sea and wherever the wind blows. But if you're with God, you're locked down, and that's I think that's what we're going to be you know focusing on today. And honestly, this intro has been pretty long. It's going to be a shorter episode, but you know, it's just so important. So I just wanted to to touch on that before we moved on. Yeah, and kind of one saying that has probably been said in in a, you know in a variety of ways, and maybe even like this before, is you can either be burned by the fire or you can be forged by the fire. And what I mean by right. that, I'll keep the explanation brief so we can move on. But you know, you can either allow the fire that you go through, the challenges that you go through, to burn you up and leave you a a broken a broken man or woman, and just lost and searching for answers. Or you can be strengthened by that, like like when you know forging forging a weapon or a tool, you know it has to go through the fire to be as strong as it possibly can be. So that's also kind of something. Again, another topic for probably another episode, but if unless you had anything to add, I think we could probably go into introducing and then reading some of this this passage. Yep, I'm ready. Cool. So, again, this is quite a bit beyond um, what we talked about in the last episode, I think. You know, Daniel at this point is estimated to be in his 80s or 90s. Um, and so... He had been kind of promoted, and he was. it says here in verse 2, he was so distinguished by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And so because of this, the other administrators get jealous, and they try to find a way basically to what we, in modern verbiage, we would say to try to cancel Daniel. Um, But it says here, they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I kind of like that phrase right there too. It just kind of stuck with me when I was hearing that this morning. Um, You know, there are two areas that we could fall into. Um, People can either be outright corrupt or they can just not care. And I think those are two things that, as Daniel did, we need to guard against. And again, that could be a whole other topic for another time of how to avoid corruption and negligence. It says he was he was trustworthy, and th- those men said they could find no basis to charge Daniel. 
And so they went to the king. They suggested a decree that says, quote, in verse 7, that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. So basically then in verse 8, it says... It's stamped with with within uh, in accordance to the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed or it can't be taken back on a whim or something like that. It's in stone. It's stamped. So we pick up now in verse ten, and this is an example of how to respond when we are in the face of adversity. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. So he has his open his windows open. I want I want to kind of highlight that here and you'll understand why, you know, that when we kind of go through the rest of this. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had just as he had done before. A couple things to highlight here. Um I think I'm maybe gonna pause real quick there. Um so what what kind of stands out to you from that from that passage, Joe? Um I think just the importance of continually being in prayer and, you know, that's something that my wife and I have been talking about recently is just how powerful that is to, to abide in in Jesus and Mm -hmm. to be just in communion with him often, you know, it truly does change circumstances if you are continually in prayer. Um, You know, I found whether it's in hard points in my life or good points, you know, when I'm always praying to God, I, I just feel like so secure. I feel like nothing can shake me. Nothing can move me. You know, you almost have a sense of indifference toward the world. It's, it's like a, a, a stoicism kind of sets in. And so I think it's what we're going to see coming up here is that, you know, Daniel um, being prayerful and, being solid in that is gonna is going to greatly benefit him, but I I just think that stands out to me is just the importance of of prayer. Yeah, and and what we'll talk about maybe a little bit when we're kind of getting more into wrapping up the episode too with a couple of the themes that I took from this is that is a spiritual rhythm is what the pastor at church Ryan talked about today of creating these really a lifestyle over habits because I don't know I think. Lifestyle to me is more impactful than habits because habits are just kind of things that you do. I wouldn't I wouldn't say quite flippantly, but they kind of just kind of become part of the day to day. But I feel like a lifestyle is something that you prioritize. So for Daniel, like you like you said, Joe, the importance of prayer was very much a part of his lifestyle and really defined his identity. Which again, we'll kind of get into a little bit more. So. Those men, they went and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and and asked him, did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? So obviously a rhetorical question here. King answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. And they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty. Very accusatory language there. Um, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So they're continuing to hammer this home, continually working against Daniel. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. 
The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, again, whom you serve continually there, rescue you. Stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, as your God, whom you serve continually, again, serve continually here, been able to rescue you from the lions. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, here's where the consequences come in for the accusers. The men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. What it talks about in church today as well is in a culture like this, you know, you would pay the consequences if you falsely accuse someone. So that is what the the price that is paid here. Um, And it's a little... You know, it's something that they mentioned in church too, is it's maybe a little bit tough to hear the fact that the wives and children were thrown in there, but that was in accordance with a kind of, you know, a pagan nation like, um, like the Medes and Persians. So, and before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. So then Darius writes to all the nations and peoples every language of every language in all the earth may you prosper greatly i issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom people must fear and reverence the god of daniel for he is the living god and he endures forever his kingdom will not be destroyed his dominion will never end he rescues and he saves he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth he has rescued daniel from the power of the lions so daniel prospered during the reign of darius and the reign of cyrus the persian what's interesting to me is that they didn't did did they really did they falsely accuse daniel or did they i mean they accused him but he actually technically did break the law right he broke the decree that the king gave true yeah that, i mean that would be true i i will go by what the scripture or at least the translation that i have here in verse 24 the men who had falsely accused daniel um so i guess i mean the false accusation would maybe be that he just um you know outright um paid no mind or respect to the king maybe would be the false accusation here right because um, he respected him yeah. but he wasn't going to bow right. down you know he wasn't going to sacrifice his integrity and his principles right. right yeah i just thought that was interesting i don't want to like detract from like the main story but i was like i wonder what that's about but um yeah yeah i mean again what we were saying at the beginning you know whether it's a literal lion's den or a, any of the plethora of hardships that we all will experience in this life. It's just, you know, that's a fact of life that we're going to go through hardship. We're going to experience struggle. And and I think something that the story also should teach us as Christians is to expect things like this to happen. You know, I think a lot of people today, especially, they... they they really don't think hardship could, should come their way. Like they think like it's, it's prosperity gospel basically, but they basically believe that 
because I'm a Christian, I'm protected from everything bad. Nothing can, nothing bad can happen. I'm not going to suffer. I'm not going to do this and that. Daniel, one of, I mean, arguably one of the patriarchs in the Bible, one of the biggest, you know, names, um, was in a, a lion's den. He was thrown into a lion's den, and on based upon accusations that were at least partially not true. And so, I mean, I would just say to anybody listening and, and with the standpoint of not, you shouldn't suffer if you're a Christian, um, which I hope would not be too many people, but I would simply say, are you, are you more worthy than Daniel? Like, are you, are you a more righteous person than Daniel in the Bible? And the answer is no. I mean, nobody's better than anybody else, but I think it just goes to show you that we should all expect, you know, suffering to come our way at some point. And I, I'm not saying like horrible things are always going to happen to you and just terrible circumstances, but we are going to experience suffering. So I think tying that in with the initial theme that we were pointing out is important. And um, yeah, just a beautiful story. I mean, the the mouths of the lions being shut. You know, I, I wonder, was he in there like, did he like befriend the lions? Was he petting them? That's probably what I would have done. <laughs> It might have been, yeah. They're basically like, <laughs> like big cats at that point. Yeah, it's a, it's a basically it's a petting zoo that, then at that point, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, and, and what you said too um, about kind of this idea of like questioning whether you're you're more you know righteous or whatever than Daniel. I know I know there's something I'm trying to see if I can find the exact reference here but i know there's there's one one of paul's letter he says something along the lines of um you know if there's anyone who can claim to be righteous it's me i've lived you know as as a pharisee i've obeyed the the torah the old testament law for all my life i've served um you know in the in the church at the time the synagogue and, and paul is like if there's anybody who can claim to be righteous it's me but he was like but I am like among the least of these or something like that. Again, I want to, I want to make sure I get the the wording right with that, but it's, it's something along those lines. Um, and so just kind of on that point, you know, all of us are, are flawed and fall short of the ultimate picture of righteousness and perfection, which is Jesus Christ. And in spite of that though, we find identity in Christ and we find identity in the forgiveness that we get for being unrighteous and so the the two points, and I think the second one to me maybe stands out a little bit more because we we first make the choice. We determine our identity before facing adversity. I think that decision is truly made when we decide to accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, you know, declare that we are sinners, admit that we have sinned, believe that he sent his son, and then confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, you know, the ABCs of salvation. You know, if we do that, then... That's kind of the decision, but what's where it's important in making sure that we build on that foundation of our identity is creating spiritual rhythms. And and you can see it here. I kind of, you know, stopped and paused a couple times during this reading to kind of point these out. Is first of all, he prays. He also gives thanks to God in spite of this obvious challenge of, you know, where a lot of us maybe would be like, why don't you just, you know, close close the windows up, pray quietly, make sure that nobody can see that you're praying. No, Daniel made it clear and obvious that he was praying. He did the same same lifestyle, the same habits, the same spiritual rhythms that he had previously. He remained those remained unchanged. And he gives thanks to God just as he had done before, praying to him three times a day. 
So he is he is uh, unfazed by this proclamation, by this decree, and he continues to serve God as he had done before. And like it says throughout the rest of the passage, he served continually. And I think that's an attitude that we can certainly take from this passage is that continually, you know, uh, in, I think, First Thessalonians, it's it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible, but it's, you know, pray continually. That's what it says in, in I think it's First Thessalonians 6, 18. Um, that's, you know, one of the, one of the easiest verses to remember, but it's something that we don't always, don't always do because it's easy to get caught up in, in the rhythms of life, so to speak, you know, the, the day to day, but being, being in prayer constantly and serving continually. And even in the face of adversity, being just definitive about the identity that we have and living that out, I think is the lesson to take away really not only from this chapter in Daniel, but really from the book as a whole, you know, in the face of all these challenges, going back to Daniel chapter one, chapter three with, with his friends in the fiery furnace and here with uh, lion's den is always just making sure that we know what our identity is and building on that by creating a lifestyle that honors the Lord and that keeps us fixed on that path in the face of adversity. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about this, part of the book of this book I've been reading recently um iron sharpening iron I cited it on the mm-hmm. podcast last week but yep it was talking about the importance of the gospel and you know not forgetting you're talking about the abc's like not forgetting the importance of just the core truth of the gospel um and and the true freedom that that provides us and you know thinking about daniel's circumstance um you know, there's a lot of things in our world today that could make us feel fear. Like Daniel could have felt an immense amount of fear before being put in the lion's den. You know, we have a lot of uh, terrorist attacks going on these days. We have a lot of violence. There's, you know, there's a world war on on the horizon, seemingly sometimes. Um, you know, a lot of scary things. We even talked about the grid going down. You know. The only thing that can give you true peace in this world, and I was actually asked about this in my job. Um, somebody asked me, how do you like, how do you stay positive and how do you, how do you like not freak out about all this stuff that's happening in the news? And my answer was, you know, you have to take it day by day and you really just have to thank God for every day you get in this earth because not as, not a single day is, is given is to be taken for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, no day is guaranteed. There are a lot of people who have passed away at a very young age. There's a lot of children who have passed away, you know. Um, so it's really just such a blessing, this life we have. But when when Daniel went to Lion's Den or when when the men that, that fought in World War II and, and got off the, the boats at D-Day, you know, I think about the, the, the type of fearlessness and peace that you would have to have in that scenario because we're not, we're not immune to it. We're not immune to it as Christians or as Americans to suffering. And I think somebody, something for everybody to take away from this episode today is in those circumstances, what can keep you grounded is your, is your faith and the peace that comes with it. Because the very worst thing that could happen in this life is physical death. But guess what? Even in that, even in that situation, we still have Christ. We still have eternal life. So mm-hmm. truly nobody in this earth can take away the greatest gift that we possess as Christians. And I think that's what Daniel was able to grasp. And I think that we should all try to grasp that same truth. Amen.
I think that's I think that's a perfect way to kind of summarize and to to end this episode. I'm ready to close yeah. in prayer. If you are, Joe, I can maybe lead off, and then yep. if you want to follow, let's do it. Perfect. Father God, we come before you today, just giving you this time, giving you this episode. I pray that both Joseph and myself and and anybody listening are impacted by the words from from your word today. Ultimately, not the words that we speak. I pray that we would create and not even create an identity, but just find our identity in you, Lord, and not seek to find it in things of this world, in relationships, in things, in in a variety of different places. You know, the world searches for identity in all the wrong places when really it's it's really ultimately found in you and you alone. So I pray that you would reveal yourself to those who are maybe searching for you in this moment or feel like they are lost. I pray that you would just reveal yourself to them. And I pray that once that identity is found, that we would build on it by creating habits and, and more importantly, a lifestyle that is filled with prayer, communion with you, fellowship with other believers, and just preparation for the adversity and the tough challenges in life. Thank you that we can have peace in that because our identity is in you and we do not need to fear like joe so eloquently said here to close the episode even death lord because we know what comes after that and that you can provide us with peace even in the face of of death at its at its most um challenging aspect so thank you for that reminder lord thank you for this passage from daniel and for all the things that it can teach us and just thank you for your word and for this time in jesus name Lord, I also pray for, I pray in agreement with everything Peter prayed, and I, I pray for everybody listening today that they take that simple truth away from this episode, that nothing in this life can truly take away the gift of eternal life that we possess with our faith in you. And just pray that we all would be continually in prayer, continually focused on our faith in you and, and the truth, the objective, absolute, final truth in your word. Um. And we're just so grateful for this day. Again, we're so grateful for the life we live and the life we have. Um, and we pray for everybody listening and, and everybody that's a fan of True North and our friends and family for good health for everyone and just prosperity. Um, even though we're not fans of prosperity gospel always, we <laughs> pray for prosperity. Um, anywho, and um, we just, again, thank you for the ability to speak on this platform and, and this country we live mm -hmm. in freely about our faith. In Jesus' mm -hmm. name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to episode 21 of True North Talk. Make sure you like and rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple and share it with somebody who needs to hear it. And we'll see you next week in episode 22. Take care. Peace.